Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, play and play, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. It is not your average Friday in April. Wow. We we got to talk some football. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com. Check out the new and improved web website. Um, really looking nice and clean. Shout out to our guy, Dustin, for uh, making it look really, really snazzy. And um, like always, Ray and Tate today at gmail.com. We had a draft, and we still got a draft going two more rounds, or two more nights, six more rounds. The NFL draft started off last night, Ray. Six trades, three trade-ups for quarterbacks. And I want to ask you, starting at the top, number one, and looking at what the Cleveland Browns did, did the Cleveland Browns, one in 15, did they get it right? Are you upset that they didn't take a quarterback? No, I'm not. Look, the absolute, and we'll talk about this obviously in more detail the very next pick, but there's really two philosophies here. If you believe Mitchell Trubisky is the number one uh, quarterback on the board, which a lot of teams did, we could talk about, Deshaun Watson, and we could talk about Pat Mahomes, but if you think that he's the guy, then you're in the Chicago Bears camp. If you don't think that he's the guy, then you're in the Cleveland Browns camp because the Cleveland Browns had every opportunity to pick him at number one. He ended up going number two. So I'm actually with Cleveland on this. If there is a quarterback, it's the most important position in sports, if there's a quarterback that you think is a franchise quarterback, then you go get him. But if you don't, chances are you need a lot more than just a quarterback, and I think that's what the Browns did, and they picked three very good picks. So I'm very happy for the Cleveland Browns because they didn't reach. They didn't get a quarterback they didn't want. They didn't get a quarterback because it was a position of need. It's too good and too important of a position. So I'm fine with what they did. I actually like where they are given how many picks they still have in this draft and given next year's draft. The one mistake I will say that they made is you can't say it publicly. Right, So the GM took a lot of slack for saying it publicly, and I agree with every word he said, but you can't say that to the fans. right? You can't ask the fans to pay the money and, and support the team. Be like, well, you know, we're still looking, and maybe next year's draft. Cause the right, right. He actually, you're right. Sashi Brown actually said, you know, it might be in next year's draft, and that is a hard pill, I think, for a fan base to swallow, as well as players like Joe Thomas and the guys that have to line up. 
Um, you bring up a good point, Ray, and I, I think with Miles Jarrett, um, <clears throat> Jabril Peppers, and then trading back in at the end of the round um, <clears throat> to scoop up – oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Who was the last guy they scooped up? Their third uh, first-round pick. Oh, me too. Yeah, hold on. I'll pull it up. I forgot. Yeah, I got it over here. But, I mean, to me, you know, that's – it's impressive. You know, you, you, you add ta- – oh, David Njoku. Njoku, yeah, the tight end. Yep. The and eight, so yeah, you give end. your quarterbacks that are there another weapon. You have Hugh Jackson who, you know, can, can work with Cody Kessler and, and Brock Osweiler who both, if given time and weapons, might be okay. And then, like you said, maybe it's a trade for A.J. McCarron. Maybe it's Garoppolo next year. Maybe it's Sam Darnold or, or, or you know, um, Rosen from UCLA next year. But you've, you're so bad at 1-15, you have to build an entire roster. And I, I, I think they got it right, and they got good value. Because to come back in and get maybe the first best, you know, the second best tight end, uh, even though the Giants took Ingram over David Njoku, a lot of people thought that they might take David Njoku, this kid is talented. So it's a legitimate weapon for whoever the quarterback is this year and next year. And, um, you know, it, it's hard to argue with their strategy and what they did. Now let's talk about the Bears because they're at three, but then they decided to move up to two. Now we'll talk about the Chiefs and Texans because basically they gave up number ones, um, you know, for in next year's draft. But the Bears give up a three and four and 18, and I think it was just a three this year, correct? So that's not that much. I don't know. Not a Trubisky, one not spot? A Trubisky hit. It's one spot, but guess what? For they were fearful that, that, that somebody was on him. Well, yeah, a lot of teams were trying to call. You don't know what the Niners could have done, but other teams were trying to trade up, probably even Cleveland. And to me, yeah, you move up one spot, but if you're getting the, it's about what you get, right? If you get the guy and Trubisky hits, he can sit. Glennon's only got one year guaranteed. And, you know, if Trubisky works, then it's, it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, I, I'm shocked by it. But in not having to give up a first-round pick, it's a great deal, potentially. Well, look, you didn't, give up, you didn't need to give up a first-round pick because you're only going from three to two. But great for John Lynch, right? Because they wanted their guy anyway. We both had him taking him anyway. Yeah. They wanted the local kid from Stanford, Thomas, and they got him. And, and they got a couple draft picks in the meantime. So they played their poker hand really nicely. And so I think everybody wins, right? Chicago gets their guy. They paid a premium for it, but it's like an insurance policy. San Francisco gets their guy. And so if you're in the Trubisky camp, which apparently Chicago was the head of that camp, right, the, the Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky for president camp, uh, they got their guy. So we'll see. That's the thing about this draft, right? We're talking about it one day after the draft. We got all kinds of opinions. But at the end of the day, you've got to wait three to five years to see if, if this stuff makes sense. Totally, totally. It's all hyperbole. It's fun, though. And speaking of the fun, staying on the Niners, and this is one of the huge stories of the draft and of the night, the slippage of the Bama players, Cam Robinson not even taken, 
O.J. Howard, cleanest player on the board, dropping all the way down to 19 to Bucks. But for Allen and for Foster to go to 17 and to 31, it was pretty much a shocker. They both had soldier, shoulder issues, but also for Foster, concussions, and then, you know, the diluted sample, which most people said wasn't the big deal. How how impressed are you with the Niners and how smart was it basically to come back in to the first round and get someone that was third probably on their board? So, I, look, I thought it was brilliant. Again, we got to see how they work out. And for all the teams that passed on him, I can't be mad at them either, right? It's one thing to listen to your talent evaluators. It's another thing to listen to your doctors, right? If Rudy Foster fell this much, it's because it was a medical issue. And it's kind of like I tell – Hank, a good caller to the show, and other Dolphin fans out there, you got to live with not having Drew Brees, right? They took Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees. If a doctor tells you this guy can't lift his shoulder, this guy is going to have arthritis, this guy has two, in the case of Ruben Foster, has two bad shoulders, you got to listen to your doctors. You know what I mean? Since when are you in the business of being a better prognosticator of somebody's health than your medical staff? So if you listen, I can never be mad at a GM for listening to a doctor. So yeah. for all the, the, the people that passed on Reuben Foster and saying, look, it's not worth the risk for a first-rounder if the medical staff is telling us that he could have issues you know, right now or a year or two down the road, then I, I can live with that. I can live with that. But right, there's always going to be one team. Surgery, which is yep, there's always going to be one team, the Niners, who need so many, you know, so many. And maybe it's like Dallas with Jalen Smith. So maybe they, they're like, look, we're going to be bad for a couple of years. Maybe we, we have them do surgery on both soldiers. We wait a year or two, and we got a guy who was a but top ten talent. Right? So your shoulders he works don't really out, Ray, and he turns out to be Willis or Lewis, which he's got the talent to be. Wow. That's, that, that's ridiculous. Um, we saw a lot of Foster and Allen the last two years. Their shoulders look pretty darn good to me. I'm just saying. Yeah, I wonder how this thing suddenly came about. Last couple of weeks, I don't know if it was rumors or if it was there was something there, but both of those guys have bad shoulders. No, you know they so they get, so? this is this is protocol. They get all of the medical um, papers and everything in the last ten days. So that's why you know teams go over it. it all 32 teams get it. Um, I, you know, they were talking about it the other day on television and that's when they get it and they have to just, you know, <clears throat> break it all down. But, you know, it's, it's surprising. It, I'll tell you this, it's surprising. And maybe it's a gift. Let's go to the Jaguars. We got to give them some love. That fourth pick Leonard Fournette, we both thought it would happen. No brainer. And honestly, this gives Blake Bortles a reboot. His last maybe, chance. His <laughs> last chance. Exactly. Right. This is it right here. He's got to stop the interceptions, and one of the best ways to do it is 25 carries a game to Leonard Fournette, who is a wildebeest. i got to believe in the second round, though, they've got to get an offensive lineman. The offensive line is still not so great. Middle of the pack offensive line. Would you, what do you think about that, them looking for that in the second round? You know, you have to give your quarterback every chance to succeed because it's so painful to change that position. There's so much involved. Sometimes you have to change the quarterback coach. Sometimes you have to take, change the philosophy. Sometimes you have to change the line blocking. Sometimes you have to change the weapons around him. 
So you got to give your quarterback every chance to succeed. So I would think that if the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make a decision on Blake Bortles, they're going to have to give him the receivers, which we think he has, uh, the running game now with Fournette and plus, you know, Yeldon and, and all the backs that they have there, he should have enough. And now it's just a matter of protecting the guy, keeping him upright and making it all on his shoulders. You know, I hate to, hate to say it that way, but, but you want to eliminate all the variables and then determine this year if Blake is your guy. And hopefully they do that. And, you know, nowadays it's funny because this draft was the weakest for offensive linemen in the first round, maybe in the history of the draft, in the common draft era. They were saying how, what, the top 15 picks, there were no offensive linemen taken. That's never happened. But yep. I do believe that in the second and third round, you have some good value picks at the offensive line, right? Ramchick and the kid that Denver took were the, really the only two that, that were, uh, you know. You still have, uh, we'll get to guys available later, but you still have Cam Robinson and Forrest Lamp, yeah. Sure, right. those are those are probably going to go in the top ten picks in the second round. So those are, those are legitimate. You know, in any other year, they might have been first round picks. No, it's fascinating, and and we know that one of the reasons that some of the quarterbacks and receivers, three receivers in the top ten, which was really surprising, went so early, is because the defensive depth in this draft is tremendous. Whether it's linemen really corners and secondary. There's a lot of guys. So you could say, wait a minute, let me draft basically this offensive guy because there won't be somebody at this level later on. And the defensive guys, I know I can get talent on the back end. So you saw some teams do that that might not normally have done that. And so, you know, it's just fascinating. So I'll say this. I want us to each pick maybe, you know, our three favorite picks. But before we do that, I, I got to say, I was really happy with the Titans and getting Corey Davis. Shout out to the MAC conference. You know, they've had, you know, Who's the Mac? like Antonio Brown and our boy Khalil Mack and all these guys. But Corey Davis, the first receiver taken, number five for the Titans. And then they turn around at 18 and get their corner. I mean, and get their, you know, defensive player. Um, how impressed were you with what they were able to do last night? Staying pat, not trading, and then in the back end getting a Dory Jackson, who is also dynamic at special teams. You know, we thought maybe he might slip to the Cowboys, but they took him. And, and Marcus Mariota, man, he's got some toys. He's got some players. You, you like that move from Corey Davis and, and then a Dory Jackson for the Titans? I do. Again, it's that whole notion, give your quarterback as much. If he's the franchise, set him up to succeed, right? So so they've always had a decent offensive line, and now they have their running back in Tennessee, uh, in DeMarco Murray, and, and what they didn't have was playmakers, right? Even Delaney Walker, who's their best play, option, is a great player, but he doesn't he doesn't scare you. He'll beat you, and you got to deal with him, and you got to know where he is, but it doesn't scare you. Now, this kid, Corey Davis, has a little bit of the dropsies, but if he figures that out, he could be a bona fide number one, maybe a number two, and this kid, Adoree Jackson, he scares you. He's like the Tyreek Hill of this draft, right? Speed for days, can do it on on all over the field. You just got to find a way to get the ball in his end. Now, he's small, so obviously he's um, – 
He might even play a little bit of offense, too. Right. He's, he's going to play corner, maybe nickel, maybe, you know, start on special teams, and maybe they'll just, like Dion style, they'll throw in throw him in a couple plays on offense just to, just to you know, make the defensive coordinators think about it on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. So let's do our, our three favorite first-round picks, three different teams. I'm going to take a crack at it first, and then, and then we'll go, you know, one, one, one. Right off the bat, Ray, I love Tampa Bay at 19. To get O.J. Howard, probably the cleanest player in this draft, no issues. He helps the run game and the pass game. Um, they don't have Austin Safarius Jenkins anymore. They now have a tight end. And to have him with Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, he'll be on hard knocks. Jameis Winston is going to be so happy. I think O.J. Howard was held back by the Bama offense and not utilized properly. And this kid is going to explode. So that, that's my, my first one that I got to say. I love O.J. Howard to Tampa Bay all day. Give me, give, me, give me one of your favorites. One of my favorites is Marshawn Lattimore going to the, going to the New Orleans Saints. I think it's a perfect, perfect fit. And it's drafting by need, but it's also drafting the best player around, right? Sometimes you draft by need and you forget that, uh, you know, this is about accumulating talent, and sometimes you just got to get some talent. So I love this kid, Lattimore. It's amazing how much secondary love there was in this draft, and certainly Ohio State had three guys, and, well, you got one of the guys who's in some legal trouble. But um, Marshawn Lattimore, great fit. Now you're tempted to give Drew Brees more weapons, and, and, you know, with some turnover there in his, you know, in his offensive arsenal, you're tempted. But – you know what, this team's been terrible on defense for years, and I think Lattimore is really the beginning of rebuilding that defense. A little great pick. Yeah. Well, my second is, you know, one of the higher picks, but I just I, I have to pick it because it's going to be a game changer. And it's Christian McCaffrey, number eight to the Panthers, because they still have Jonathan Stewart under contract for two years. He still can pound it. But what Cam has never had, is the real safety valve. It's always been Greg Olson. Now he can throw screen passes out of the backfield to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey can run it 10 to 15 times a game. They can put him in a slot as a receiver because this guy might be one of the best wide receivers in this draft in terms of just his crispness, in terms of running routes in his hands. And this is going to help Cam Newton's career. It will help his passer rating for his accuracy. And man, I think this kid is a talent Four downs. Punt return, kickoff returns, Panthers got it right, number eight with Christian McCaffrey. Now, do you think he can hold up? I do because he won't take the pounding. Stewart will take most of the pounding. He's only going to carry it about 10, 11 times. Okay. All right. Look, I like he's, it. Uh, he's nasty or whatever you want to call it. Uh, compared to Sadie McCoy, they're only a couple of pounds off difference. Really? I just think yeah. Shady's a oh, bigger yeah. dude, maybe. No, they, they, it was three to four pounds difference, and athletically he, the, the numbers were right on with Shady McCoy. Wow. It's okay. just that he, it's just a skin color issue. That's all. This kid's the truth. Oh, no, he's definitely the truth from a football player. I just look at him as light. I just look at him as, as like Eric Metcalf style, that, that he's like explosive but just light, light in the rear end. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so give me your guy. second one. All right. 
I'm going to give you a pick that for some reason, I don't know why he dropped, and maybe there's some medical issue, maybe there's some off-the-field issues, and like like the rest of his brethren from Alabama, Jonathan Allen, to me, is a top-five pick. So the Washington Redskins at 17 pick up a guy that I think is a top-five talent. So kudos to them. You put him with Kerrigan. You put him with the with the defensive line that they already have. Ooh, and you need to be you need to because look, the Giants are retooling. The Giants are about to you know do some big. Got to get those awesome. quarterbacks in NFC East ready, right? Yeah, and those quarterbacks, right? Dak, you got to shake him up because he he looks to be you know pretty calm, cool, and collected as as a rookie. So so yeah, Jonathan Allen to get a top five talent at seventeen. That's always a good look. You're right. It's 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 insane, and and I think that guy is talented. You know, he he's a game changer, and it and it helps the whole line, right? The way it helps Carrigan. You said it. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Now this is hard. There's so many uh, guys to like and picks to like, but I had to go with someone that shocked me and surprised me, and they just took a chance. And sometimes life is no risk, no reward. Number 24, the Oakland Raiders taking Gary and Conley, cornerback. Ray, I stood up and screamed as if I was a Raider fan, and I am a Steeler fan. And to me, that was – I was happy for the kid. Well, I just hope that everything – No, no, especially if he's innocent. He took a polygraph and passed it. I think that's the first polygraph ever for NFL draft history. That in itself is is kind of comedy, but kind of sad and kind of smart. If I'm here, millions of dollars on the line. Yeah, your your money and your life, your livelihoods on the line, and they say we will do whatever. I mean, you got to love your representation. They're like, Lex, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it now. Boom! Before the draft, get this out to teams. You know, they've got video. They've got you know people that were in the room statements. Um, I, look, I, I think the kid is, is going to get off of this. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if it's a false charge or whatever, or, you know, someone having hurt feelings after consensual sex. I don't know. We will see. But if this works out, the Raiders got what they needed. I, I might've taken Kevin King. He's a little cleaner, but he's not as solid of a corner as Gary and Conley. And I think the Raiders are going for it because Ray, they want to win within the next two years before they go to Las Vegas. They want to win one for Oakland. Having him, beast mode, all that, the Raiders are going for it, brother. And that was impressive. Give credit to Ohio State, too, for putting all these cornerbacks in the, in the NFL. <laughs> three in the first round. And, oh, by the way, three in the first round. And Deshaun Watson lit him up 31-0 in the semifinals. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, no, that's a, so that's a good third? point. Well, you know, I had to go hometown, and I actually liked the Evan Engram pick for the Giants, but that's not yeah. the hometown I'm going for. Uh-uh. I'm going for the New York Football Jets. Yeah. Jamal Adams. Now, granted, you really can't mess up that pick. It's a no-brainer. You know, Six, but it's a no-brainer. But it's like people had him as the best player in the draft. So, like real rock from the rock, you can get yourself just a real solid 
anchor of your defense, a defense that obviously needs help. Uh, so to pick up a Jamal Adams, no matter where you get him, I think he's that good of a player. Now, historically, safeties don't go this high, but he's they project him to really have an impact. So I love that gangrene pick. It, it's not that much, you know, ingenuity from a GM perspective, so he fell in their lap, but, but I love it. Jamal Adams to the Jets, I thought it was great. It was great, and, you know, it's one of those things where the Jets, Browns, and Niners, if we're being honest, they have got to build complete rosters. Now we know the Jets have a pretty good, def- you know, the front seven is good, but they got to rebuild the back end, you know. So to me, getting Adams, he's a star. And, you, you know, you felt his swagger and confidence just as he was talking. And, you know, we listen, we saw the guy at LSU. LSU's defense was sick this year in the last couple of years, and he's the head of that. He's the, he's the quarterback of the defense. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love that pick. I really, really do. Um, before we look forward real quick, give me one pick. You just you scratched your head, and you, you just were kind of not really digging it and didn't really like it. Was there, was there one? Well, uh, you know, we'll see how this kid, Corey Davis, I mean, I thought five was kind of high for him. I didn't, I didn't know about five. I actually thought Mike Williams, at, at least Mike Williams has the size. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there were several, I, I got to say my, my biggest one has got to be up front. I mean, it, it's got to be Mitchell Trubisky. I, I don't know that he's second number two overall. Now, again, you got to give quarterbacks longer time than it's the most difficult position. So I, I just don't know. I don't. I wouldn't have made that pick. I wouldn't have picked him at number two, let alone drafted up to get him at number two. So to me, uh, I wasn't even that excited about him to begin with. So, so to me, that that's the biggest one, and and that'll take three years to play out. But yet, yeah, I didn't like that pick. Okay, that's fair. Um, I there's a couple questions. I, it was a kind of clean draft in that sense, but when you talk about trading up, I thought the Chiefs coming up for Patrick Mahomes. You have two years with Alex Smith. You got to get a quarterback, but I really kind of felt like Mahomes might have just fallen to you naturally, or you know you could have maybe moved up a couple and scooped them at like 18 or 19. Um, I thought the Chiefs giving up a first-round pick next year um, and a couple other picks with that, moving all the way up to 10, that was, you know, now look, it could pay off in two years or in three years after two years, Alex Smith, and then the third season, boom, he's your shiny, you know, brand-new starting quarterback for the Chiefs. And I get it. You, you know, he reminds him of Brett Favre and Andy worked with Brett. So you got to get a gunslinger, but I, I just thought it was a high price to pay for someone that, you know, he still thinks he's playing in the backyard. Now I love the kid and I loved him all season, but I loved him in the twenties or late teens at number 10. I didn't, I didn't feel that love. So as we wind down, the Packers are on the board. They're on the clock. Um, when you start looking, you know, you've got Packers, you've got Seahawks who, you know, traded out. Six trades, you know, it was a, a, a interesting night. Couple of players that you might think that would jump right off the board. Do you think we're going to get a run on quarterbacks? How do you view the early part of tonight? Obviously, there's Dalvin Cook, who I'm surprised wasn't picked. 
Forrest Lamp, Cam Robinson, and what do you feel or where do you feel we get to see uh, Joe Mixon? Second, third round? Give me your thoughts on uh, yeah, the early. Yeah, I think Mixon first. is maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Well, maybe third round or really? maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow? I don't, I don't know. People right. don't want to. I mean, talent-wise, he should have been a first-rounder, right? No, of course, of course. But tomorrow? Well, we'll see. Marriage? We'll see. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know about these GMs. You know, they get conservative. Although, although, like, like you said, they only only need one, right? Look at look at the uh, look at the GM of the Raiders, right? Um, so Joe Mixon is definitely the the, the person I want to see the most. Now, I think the first running back is going to be Dalvin Cook, um, yeah. just because he's he's cleaner. He fumbles a little bit, but but in terms of his off the field, Were you much shocked? cleaner. Were you shocked that Dalvin didn't get picked? I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I had him going. I think we both did. I had him going like top twenty. Thought yeah. he, he would be there. Uh, I think your boy Lamp also. I had him as a first round pick. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser is another guy I'd like to keep my eye on. Right, if if quarterback run is in the cards, where does Deshaun so the Jets Kaiser pull the go? Plug on that? Could the Jets Should pull the plug on that? Uh, Second maybe, round? maybe, maybe. I'll give you a couple other names. Buddha Baker. I think he's a solid, yeah. solid safety from Washington. I think he'll be pretty good. And don't forget um, about my it, guy. I told you, Zay Jones. Yeah, leading wide receiver, Davis, Carolina. Davis Webb, you know, keep an eye on him. And you know who? You know who else? This draft has had a lot of versatility, right? So Adore Jackson and Jabril Peppers. We didn't talk about and him. Juju. Juju. But Curtis Samuel, another yeah. guy from Ohio State, kind of that wide receiver running back combo. Just a baller. Just a guy that can make plays. And that's, that's what the draft call. has really been about. There's a lot of guys that just make plays. So look for him to maybe juice up somebody's offense. Yeah, no, you're right, Ray. It should be fun. Um, you know, we'll be back Monday to talk about it. We got to tip our hat to the Spurs and Raptors. They closed out the series last night in six games in the first round. Real quick, can the Clippers, Hawks, and Bulls force a game seven? Any of them? What do you think? Clippers can. Uh, I don't know. I think the the uh, the Bulls are done with Rondo, and I had them winning the series. But with Rondo going down, they're just a different team. You don't think Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler have one good night at home to get it Game Seven? They probably do, but they need a third guy. Even last game, well, they haven't played well together, but but they right. did for stretches play well. Um, I gotta give again. I gotta give Brad Stevens credit, man. I, I I'm not a huge fan of that Boston roster, but he keeps uh, chugging along. I mean, I I thought that Boston would would lose and they would have to revamp that uh, you know that roster, but look, they're probably gonna win. But, you know what uh, I'm going so I, for? Three game sevens on Sunday, Ray. Really? You got all the sixes yeah. winning. All the Hawks all the are gonna win at home. These teams play so much better at home and so do their role players who they need to win. Hawks are going to equal one out at home. I think the, the – um, now the Clippers are on the road. That's the hardest one, but I think Chris Paul is just going to go crazy and have one of those games. Um, he kind of already did it, but I think he's going to do it again, and I think Crawford and those guys are going to help out more. So they're going to get, they're going to get this win, but it'll be lucky, and they might lose game seven at home. And I think the Bulls at home win. I think Butler and, and the role players at home, Portis 
And those guys, Miratek, they do enough. And uh, three game seven Sunday. Wow, that'd be great. That'd be great for the NFL. Uh, NFL. That'd be great for the NBA. That'd NBA, be great for yeah. sports fans. Why not? Yeah. All right, well, day two of the draft. We got more draft to talk about. We'll come back next week and talk some draft, some NBA, maybe some baseball. Baseball. Yeah, watch out for my boy, Eric Thames. Is still, uh, this guy's as bad as lethal in Milwaukee. Big you got to ask yourself, where was this guy? Why did it take him 10 years to, to get it together? In Korea. It's crazy. It's amazing. You know, you never know. They said uh, over there he learned how to get patience because they throw more off-speed pitches and learned how to, you know, really only swing at strikes. So you just never know how it could happen to somebody. It's it's a really fascinating story, Ray. I, I, I you know this this might even pr- propel the Brewers if you you know if they make some moves to a wild card spot. Who knows? It, it's it's just a great story. The way the kids playing him and Braun, the, the Brewers are the Brewers are back. Har- Harvey's Wallbangers. Harvey's Wallbangers. <laughs> oh man, we're dating ourselves. Let's let's end it on that note. A great and, and enjoy. Rounds two and three, 7 p.m. The ratings up for ESPN and NFL Network. Oh, and Ray, how can we go off the air without saluting Philadelphia? 70,000 people. Are you kidding me? They almost, I mean, they're going to travel the draft, but it was so entertaining just to watch all of it and, and the elaborate set and what they build. You almost want to say, gosh, they should just keep it in Philly every year. That was great, Ray. Kudos yeah, to good Philly. for them. Yeah, kudos, kudos. Uh, hey, we're out. Have a great week.